So two men were on a jungle safari. Suddenly, a big lion jumped in front of them. One of the men said to the other guy, remember what we read on the book related to the wild animals? Okay, what you do, if you remember, you look at the lion on his, on his, on, in his eyes, directly to his eyes, he will turn and run. The other guy look at him and say, sure, you have read the book, I have read, read the book. Has the lion read the book? <laughs> We're going to be reading the scripture today. It's not going to be an easy passage, but um, this is part of what we have to do this morning. Uh, it's going to be Mark chapter 14, verse 32. I think it's on the screen, I believe. And it says like this. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John along with him and began to be deeply what? And my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell on the, on the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Daddy, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciple who already read the book, right? And found them, what? Sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you, couldn't, couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them. Because their eyes were heavy, they did not know to say to him. What would you say to him? Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still and enough? Say with me, enough. The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivering to the hands of sinners. Rise, let's, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Let's pray. Father, this morning uh, we are here because we want to continue to listen to your voice, to um, allow you to talk to us, to our heart, to, us, to our minds, to our spirit, to our souls. So we want to hear from you once again this morning. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Jesus and, and his disciples, disciples were in the middle of a very important transition. Their, their master was about to be handed over to the Jewish authorities. Uh, those were no times to be sleeping as usual. Uh, those were not times to be doing business as usual. They needed more than a manual, more than a book. They needed to be more alert 
and engage during the challenging times that he was going through, and they are go- uh, were supposed to be going through too, I believe we can have a more alert and engaged life if we, if we pay attention to at least two things or two practices that we uh, see happening here. Number one, I see that Jesus come to them and he tell them, look, I need to open my heart to you guys. I am going through a very difficult time. Jesus is plainly telling his disciple that he was in great trouble and agony. And Jesus took Peter, James, and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. So he didn't didn't pretend he was fine. He didn't try to kind of say, well, you know, God is with me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to be, I'm going to be fine. He didn't do that. He came and he was real and he said to them, I need your ear. I need your heart. I need your presence right now. He said, my soul is very sorrowful. Even to what? To death. And he said, remain and watch. Sometimes, and I don't know about you, over there and up there and somewhere else, but sometimes the only one thing that we need is somebody who listens to us. Now, I'm always very impressed with Jesus when he does these kind of things. Because we are used to think about Jesus of, uh, like somebody who is so powerful, so strong, that he doesn't need any counseling. He doesn't need any emotional support. Emotional support. He doesn't need any, any, anybody around him. And yet, he, at the very time that when he's going through the most difficult moment of his life, he says, I need your presence. Now, not only the United States, but the, the Western world is always telling us that we need to be strong, that we need to show our muscles, that we need to demonstrate that we are in charge, in control. I don't think Jesus will agree with that. He's saying clearly, you know, I want to show you my heart, my real heart. I am in trouble. So Jesus didn't shy away or mask his feelings. He said exactly how he was feeling. My soul is in trouble. The problem with some people is that when you try to tell them how you're feeling, they feel like that you can probably contaminate them if you keep talking about your feelings. There are certain people that are allergic to hearing about somebody going through trouble. So you can, you can see that when you are talking to somebody and this person starts doing like, something like this, trying to say, oh, you know, I need to do something else. So they, it's like they, they don't know how to handle uh, people's uh, pain. Other people think, well, you should be more strong. But I tell you this morning, Jesus is telling us we need to do this together. We need to go through, through difficult times together. Last Wednesday, uh, I was able to be part of uh, Mary Alred graduation from the Stephen Ministries, uh, Minister's training. And, you know, and she completed probably the uh, number 10 person, people that is trained here in this congregation to provide emotional support to people. Not everybody is trained with uh, Stephen Ministers or any kind of psychological background or pastoral background, but everybody is able to be human. 
Are you human? Are you sure? If you are, you need to be able to listen to people's sorrows and troubles without shying away from them. So Jesus is saying, I really need somebody to listen to me. And I really like that because sometimes we want to pretend that we don't need that help. But we do need that help. So, first practice is, please be able to listen to other people's vulnerable hearts. They need, we need your support. Don't tell them, read the book. Because the lion is going to destroy them. We need more than that. Second practice is joining people in their struggle, not only listening to them, but joining to them. Jesus says, remain here and watch. Look at that. It's a simple request. I mean, he's talking to at least 12 people, and he's saying, remain here and watch. That's not very difficult. Well, he talked also to Peter, James, and John, right? Specifically to them, but also to the rest of them. I need you just to be here. It was clear that Jesus was in need of their support, and the only thing he was requesting was, be with me. Just be with me. You know, there is a lot of people around us that maybe they are just asking that to you. Be with me. You, we know. We know this for sure. And if you, if, you are, if you don't agree with this, you can talk to me later on. And I will pray for you. But we all know this. We Christians, we don't have the solution for every single thing that is happening around us. We don't have a solution for every single thing. Right? But we do have something that we can offer. And it's our breathing presence. I'm going to tell you something very interesting here. Do you remember when God created humans? What did he do? He, what? He breathed life. Now, if you are breathing, you have God's presence in your life. Can you show me that? Can you breathe? Well, you are are empowered with God's presence presence in your life. So you don't have the solution with every, for every single thing, but you have the presence of God in your life, and you can be that breathing presence around other people that is going through trouble. And Jesus is saying, I need your breathing presence. Be here and watch. Remain alive. But then they figure that they needed to take care of themselves. Right? I'm tired. Now, Jesus can't handle this. I'm really tired. I need to take a nap. I need to go back to sleep. He can handle it. He's Jesus. After all, he's Jesus, right? But in reality, Jesus was needing, to the point, 
if you remember this story clearly, who came to give him strength? Do you remember who came to give Jesus some strength? I'm going to have to charge you for this now. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're already paying me, don't worry. <laughs> An angel of the Lord. Because those guys were what? They were sleeping. And the guy said, okay, I get it. I need to send somebody else. So he sent an angel, and an angel was giving him strength because the time was really hard, and he needed something else. He, he, he needed God. He needed God, but he needed a human presence, somebody else to tell him, don't worry, somehow you're going to get through this. And then, so God looked, looked around, and nobody was available. So he said, here, boom, he sent an angel. The Bible says so, that, he, that an angel was giving him the strength. So I hope that when we are going through trouble, that God doesn't need to send an angel. Because anyone here could be that breathing presence to ourselves, to us. So that goes the way around too. Maybe you are the one who is being called by God to be the breathing presence of Christ to other persons, to other people. See, some time ago, I was, like very recently, I was asked this question. You probably already have been asked, have been asked this question too. This person asked me, asked me this question. Why God permits the suffering of innocent children in the hands of bad people. So that question, if you have an answer, see me later. So what I told this person was exactly what I wrote here. You know, I don't have a, a, an, any answer to that that will satisfy you. But I do, I, I do have something to tell you. We cannot answer all the questions people have. We cannot. But we, do, we, we can be right next to them as they go through these difficult times. You might not be able to give them a reason. Why? Because almost nobody has a reason why for these kind of bad things. But you might be able to say, look, I don't know, but I'm with you. I don't have an answer for you. And by the way, if you can study philosophy and theology and, and psychology and all the theologies that you want to study, that's okay. Go for it and try to be prepared for people. But when you don't have a word to say, don't worry about that. All you need to be is there. Just be there. You see, how can you explain people in England the recent bombing that killed 22 people, most of them young people, even mothers who were uh, pregnant. How can you explain people in Venezuela how they are going through this difficult, horrible time? How can you explain people in Syria? They have been in, in, in this civil war for six years. How can you explain in Sudan, South Sudan, you know, they became a new nation and now they are in big trouble? How can you explain to Iraq all the suffering that they are going through? The answer to that question will not bring back the loss of innocence of 
erase the pain and free us from bad memories. But our presence could be a healing presence for people who are traumatized by their pain. So you might be thinking, well, you know, I don't know nobody who is going through this difficult time. Well, you probably will find somebody soon. Because people in reality are suffering. How can you explain these people in, in Northeast uh, Portland? You know, those, those two uh, men who were basically slaughtered. You know? Uh, how can you explain pain? You cannot explain pain. Can you? So don't, don't, don't be so quick to explain difficult things. I, in the past, I wanted to do that. I quickly find out that that was not enough. So I encourage you to be just that breathing presence. And Jesus was asking exactly that. Hey, Jesus said, it's enough. Because he recognizes that we can and should do better. And yet, sometimes we don't. You know, I'm intrigued by this question that he asked the disciples, Peter, James, and John, and all of us. He said, why were you not able to at least be with me for how, for how long? One hour. Man, you could take turns. You're 12, 12 hours right there. Just one hour. One hour. At least one hour. Do you know how much difference an hour can create, can make? There's a lot that can happen in an hour. One of the greatest things that Christians do very well when they decide to do it is expressing their love when it's most needed. You know, when a Christian is, is really powerful, uh, empowered by love, nobody, no one can stop a Christian who is really driven by love. So, there were two men that became famous during the bombing in England. Uh, Chris Parker, that's one of them, and the other one, Mr. Johns. Mr. Johns, both of them were begging, basically, around the, the Manchester ar ar arena. And so they were basically thinking they will, they will, do, they will have a great day of hand-handling and uh, pan-handling and, and asking people for, for, you know, for money. When the bombs exploded, they were knocked down to the floor, and they were, instead of looking for something... To hide, uh, you know, to be away from, the, from, from what just happened, they jump in and start helping people. Mr. Jones was interviewed, uh, and he was asked, why did you do that? Why did you really, when you go and, and help, why did you do that? He said, you know, because people were thinking he's a homeless, he needs to protect himself. He doesn't have to be helping anybody else. Right? Oh, thank you. He said, just because I am homeless, right, doesn't mean that I haven't had a heart. I am not, or, or, or I am not human still. Mr. Jones also said, 
I like to think someone will come and help me if I needed the help. He said, I just felt the instinct to help out. He, did, he didn't want to be a hero. He just wanted to help. So we, don't, we, are not being, we, are, we have not been called to be heroes. We were called to be Christians. A breathing presence around people. Just be there. Our congregation needs to be aware of that even more these days. You know, we feel, we, most of us probably feel secure. Maybe. But I tell you, many, many people around us don't feel like that. People feel challenged. And they need somebody to come along and alongside, alongside them and say, I am with you. Why do you think God is always saying that? I am with you. Why? Because he knows we need assurance that somebody somehow cares for you. So this morning, I just want to give you this question before we finish the conversation. Will you be willing to ask God to use you to bring his healing to people who are suffering? It's not that somehow somebody will come. No. Will you be willing to say, Lord, make me ready. I want to be ready for anybody who comes along that, that is requesting my help. I want to be ready, Lord. Do you want to be ready? Will you be willing to at least give one hour of your time to that person? Yes? Good. If that's the case, let's pray. Father, your son Jesus taught us that even when the time is very, very difficult, and even when he maybe thought that you were with him because it's clear that he was talking to you with confidence, he was requesting for help, for support. And this morning, we've been asked to, to be available, to have this listening heart and, and ears, to listen to people's troubles. And also, you are asking us to be that be breathing, breathing presence. So many people around us are hurt are challenged, are looking for somebody who really breathes around them and tell them, I am with you. So this morning, empower us to be that kind of person, that kind of people who come around people and do what we need to do, be your hands and your feet around them. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we thank you for that. Amen.